Hello, I'm Andrew Fuller. I'm a clinical psychologist and work with children, teenagers and their families, particularly in the areas of resilience, learning strengths and well-being. I'm also the chairperson of Generation Next. And in this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking with people who are experts in their area in terms of mental health and well-being. Thank you for joining us and thank you for being part of the Generation Next podcast group. Thank you. We're very fortunate today to be discussing the topic of enhancement drugs with Dr. Katinka Vanderden, who's the senior lecturer in criminology at the University of New England, and also the author of a great book, Human uh, Enhancement Drugs. And so Katinka, I thought today we'd probably talk a little bit about what those drugs are. Yep. Then of course, talk about some of why people really try to try them out or are, are tempted to do so, what might be some of the adverse effects. And then if uh, some of our audience are in the position of working with young people who are trialling some of those ideas or wanting seeking advice, what they might suggest. And we'll probably cover some of the myths along the way as well. Yeah, so first of all, yeah terrific. So great, great to have you with us. Thank you for Thank being Thank you with for you. inviting me. So tell us firstly a little bit about the enhancement drugs that uh, you focus on in your work. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you know, with the book Human Enhancement Drugs, there's a lot of different types of enhancement drugs, but I think, yeah, it is important to give a bit of an idea of what I'm talking here about specifically. So here, you know, my work is more so focused on performance and image enhancing drugs. And that is basically, that's a really wide range of substances that are used to, of course, enhance image or performance. But the main substance that we usually talk about is anabolic androgenic steroids that are used by young men to increase muscle mass. And we usually use the term performance and image enhancing drugs because what we see is that young men who use steroids often will use other substances as well. So they, for example, will use, in addition to this, uh, steroid use, they will use substances to counteract some of the side effects of steroids. Um, so, for example, tamoxifen um, to, for example, prevent breast developments, uh, which can be caused by steroid use. Um, we also see that they might use uh, other enhancement substances to enhance some of the effects. So they, for example, will use human, human growth hormone, to, which also has a muscle building capacity. But they might also use uh, certain weight loss drugs, things like glenbuterol or ephedrine to get that more shredded look. Uh, and then in some cases, we actually also see that in addition to the enhancement drugs that they will also use, you know, recreational substances, like they will drink alcohol or, you know, use cocaine, but that is then has more of a recreational function. And having said that, what we also see with steroids is that they often, it's not that they use one single steroid, they use usually a combination of different steroids when they're on, on a cycle. And just to clarify what on a cycle means is that usually people take use steroids for eight to 12 weeks and then have a period which is called the off cycle. So they would you know, have a break for a similar amount of time and then would start a cycle again. So within that cycle, we often see that they will use multiple types of steroids and testosterone to, in, um, you know, to, to uh, achieve that image related goal that they have in mind. 
So I guess the image that most people would have in mind is of a young man who's pretty uh, body conscious, possibly body image disordered, trying to get the shredded look that he really wants using steroids. But my belief is that that's not the only type of young person who may be tempted to use steroids. Is that correct? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, that's really, really important to mention because um, you're right, you know, usually when we think of steroid users, we think of these very muscular, you know, bodybuilding type uh, young men who all have body image disorders. And that is not necessarily the case. I mean, well, first of all, when I, in my work, I work a lot with uh, GPs uh, and other health professionals. And first of all, one of the things that they often say is, oh, actually with a lot of people that, you know, patients that come in my practice, you cannot necessarily tell that they use steroids because not all of them will have like this really, you know, big muscular physique. I mean, of course, there's a big group that, you know, within the bodybuilding community, for example, where you can clearly see that, you know, or more likely uh, suspect that they're using steroids. But that's, that is not always the case that you can have clear physical features that a young person is using uh, steroids. And that's also, I mean, even though the majority of young men will use it for aesthetic reasons, some will use it for other reasons like performance enhancements uh, because they're participating uh, on a high level in a, in a, on a high level in sports. But coming back to the body image disorder, so yes, that can play a role, but what is really important to differentiate is that no, not all steroid users, not all people who use steroids will have a body image disorder. And actually the research at the moment, well, there's not a lot of research out there, but you know, the research that is out there doesn't seem to indicate that, that there are high numbers of people who use steroids that have body image disorders. Um, but that the reverse um, is uh, uh, that we, when we're talking about the reverse, and I'll explain in a minute what I mean with that, that we do see high numbers. So young men who have a, a body image disorder, they are more at risk of using these kind of substances. So we do see higher um, uh, numbers of people using steroids with men that have a body image disorder. I mean, so there was one study, for example, that uh, showed, I mean, there was a really small sample, I think something around, uh, 25 young men, and they, it showed that of those 25 men, 73% uh, was using steroids. Um, so um, I think that is a really important difference to you know have in mind. And in terms of body dis uh, the image disorder, the, the main one where we usually you know talk about when we're thinking of body image disorder is, is muscle dysmorphia. So that is that idea of you know. Um, young men that actually are pretty big, but they see themselves as really, really small. So it's often referred to like, you know, um, the reverse of anorexia. So I think, yeah, anyway, so that, you know, that's really important to have in mind um, when thinking about this group. Is it just restricted to young men or do young women also engage in this at all? When it comes specifically to steroids, it is mainly young men. We do, however, see uh, women, there is a small group of women that will use these kind of substances as well. The risks are of course greater for women in terms of um, that there can be permanent changes to the body uh, that you know if you use in high amounts for a long period of time that are not reversible. 
Um, and but I mean, I think the main reason is that, you know, the main goal of using steroids is getting a very muscular physique. And in general, women are not really interested in achieving, you know, that very muscular uh, physique, unless they're, for example, participating in bodybuilding. Um, but what I mean, what is also really interesting is a group, but I wasn't sure if we we're going to talk about this because this is focused on young men. But actually, um, we do see that there's also a big group above 40. So uh, of older men who are actually using this for anti-aging purposes, uh, as opposed to, you know, obtaining a muscular physique. So that's really interesting as well. And I mean, what we also see is people use this, uh, you know, for different reasons, as, as we already mentioned. But for example, there's also an interesting group is like the occupational user who will use this, for example, for uh, strength related reasons. Um, so, for example, think within, you know, the military, police, security personnel who will use steroids more so, yeah, to gain extra strength, which might help within their profession. <laughs> I, I believe that taking steroids makes you a bit cranky and grumpy, um, but there must be other, uh, beyond the physiological effects, which are probably worth talking about as well, Katika, but also yeah. just, just the mood and the psychological effects on it. Can you tell us a little bit about those? No, of course. I mean, um, there's a couple, I'm just trying to think where to start, but there's a couple of things that we need to be aware of, which of, I think one of the main ones, um, is especially, and then I'm talking about people who have used and who stopped using, is um, the period after someone has stopped using, because there we see that young men often report feeling more depressed, having lower energy, less sex drive. And the reason because of that is, is that often you can have steroid-induced uh, hypergondinism, which means that there's a lack of testosterone because you know what happens, you get, you know, you use steroids, so you get all these external, um, you know, steroids. So your body thinks, hey, I don't have to produce this anymore because, you know, I'm getting it externally. So once you stop using, um, you know, it takes a while for that natural process uh, to, to, uh, to start up again. In some cases that can actually, you know, can be from weeks to several months. In some cases, it's even not reverse, um, you know, it's permanent. But I think that's where uh, a high risk is in the sense of, um, specifically steroid dependence, because to avoid those feelings, what potentially can happen is then what young, what young men could do is that they start using steroids again because they don't want, you know, to uh, experience those feelings. They might have also experienced some muscle loss. So I think that's a very important period to be aware of, uh, you know, when young, young men are using these kind of substances. Um, the aftermath oh, of when you stop taking them, you often yeah. get depletion of energy, a depletion of strength, a depletion perhaps of uh, sex drive, of enjoyment of life and a lowered mood. When, you're, when you start taking steroids, do you also become more irritable or angry or is that not true? Oh, yes, that's what I um, <laughs> wanted to come back to. Yeah, that's a very good point. So in that sense is that we do see, you know, uh, people who use these substances often um, do report feeling more irritable um, and then sometimes feeling a bit more aggressive. However, um, I think what is really important is that there is this idea of roid rage. So, you know, that someone will start using steroids and all of a sudden can massively explode and, you know, go on this rampage and, you know, start smashing people and, and so on. And that doesn't really exist. So, um, you know, 
what we see is often that people who already, you know, in their personality are someone who is likely to become more quickly irritable or more quickly angry, that steroids will add to that. So, you know, if you have, you know, if you are a person who gets more quickly mad, steroids, because of the high level of testosterone you have then in your body, will, you know, uh, increase the risk that you will more quickly snap or respond to certain things. So again, you know, for a lot of people, um, that not that doesn't necessarily happen. And also, what when I talk to people who use these substances, what often is described is like a positive uh, aggression in the sense that they will use that actually for their training to, you know, get an even a, a better workout. Um, so sometimes they describe it actually as a, in a positive way as well. So I just learned this new, great new term, steroid, steroid rage, but it doesn't exist. Is that what you're saying to me? Uh, it's called roid rage. Roid rage, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> it ah, that's a great show. So do steroids work for young people? I mean, obviously, there's a reason why they are attracted to them. Do you think, you know, having thought about this quite a lot, do you think that they work for those? Do they meet the goals that the young people are seeking? Well, and I think uh, that also comes back, you know, to when talking to young men, that's a very important point because yes, they do work. And I think that is something we need to acknowledge as well. So, you know, it's clear we over time and, you know, the, the science uh, has shown that steroids can um, uh, definitely increase your uh, muscles um, mass and strength and size. So that's why it of course is also appealing, especially considering young men are, you know, the main, the majority will use this for aesthetic reasons. Uh, and I think that's where you need to have that conversation with a young person to say, yes, you know, they work, but, you know, there are potentially these risks associated with it. And the longer, you know, the younger you start, the longer you use, the higher um, amount you use, you know, the more likely that you will develop these uh, side effects and that in the, which in some cases are not reversible. So I do think, you know, that that is a really important talk to have with a young person, especially considering when you're young, you're in general, your testosterone level are at its peak, you know, you're young, you know, testosterone is raging through your body. So in the, often in that sense, you don't really, you know, you don't need it to achieve your body image related goals. And what I often see when I talk to young men is that sometimes, you know, their nutrition or their training regime is actually not that optimal. And that it's like, okay, maybe you should invest in this first uh, before considering using or after using and, you know, continuing to use because there's just so many things that they can do on a natural way. Um, but again, it is really about being honest uh, and not just simply saying, no, you shouldn't use, you know, that doesn't work because that's simply not true. And then if you do that, that's when you scare a young person away because they know from you know, maybe seeing friends who are using and reaching, you know, becoming more muscular, they know that it works. So it's really, you know, good, important to have an honest conversation about that. Thank you. That's really important to say, I think, because otherwise the temptation of uh, decrying the value of these can sometimes be uh, counterproductive. Yeah. So let's go through a bit of a scenario. Um, let's say I'm seeing a young man who's a bit gym obsessed, who's nervous, who's got low self-esteem and thinks that by bulking up, he's really going to be uh, uh, more confident and more successful in terms of social relationships. And he's considering taking on 
steroid as an adjunct to his training program to basically bulk up and be more desirable. What would be the process that you might think about going through in talking to him about mm. that decision? So, the, I mean, the case that you're describing here, um, you know, that could be an indication that there is maybe an underlying issue. Um, because if someone, you know, if, if someone is, uh, has, you know, such a low self-esteem, is only, you know, focused on working out, uh, basically doesn't have a social life anymore and um, is only focused on becoming bigger, that's where I would say, hmm, okay, maybe there is something here, an underlying mental health issue, whether that is depression or whether that is a body image uh, disorder. So that's where, you know, I initially would have a, you know, a conversation to, to see whether or not something underlying is going on. So we developed a uh, guide uh, specifically on steroids for GPs. And in that guide, we outlined some questions that you potentially could, you know, ask to see whether or not maybe, for example, body image disorder is present. And I think that's why you also, you know, need to have that conversation with a person to say, okay, you know, what, you know, what is the main reason uh, that you want to achieve this? And, you know, are those goals realistic? Could you achieve them in a different way? And I think that's also what I already said before. I think you need to take, you know, go a step back and say, okay, maybe we should have a look at, for example, your training and nutrition. Maybe we can improve something in relation to that before considering using steroids. Yeah, and I, but what also, um, when talking to a lot of GPs, what also helps at least to build a rapport, because one of the difficulties, especially with young men, is you know, talking about mental health issues. <laughs> so sometimes what also can help, for example, that group that is already using, um, is to offer blood tests so that you keep track, um, you know, to see what is going on in their body. And uh, because that's all often a reason why they would also, you know, come in and visit a clinic. So, and that really helps to build rapport because in, in, first of all, you're taking them serious. You can say, okay, we, you know, if I cannot, you know, if you really want to keep using, let's make, you know, make sure that we keep track of your health. And that's where you can start a conversation, because if you then see something in their blood work, you can have that conversation with them like, mm, you know, uh, I can see that your liver, that, you know, that the values are not good. Are you maybe using oral steroids? Well, maybe you should stop that because, you know, it's now affecting your liver. And that's where that group of people also more likely take you serious because you're offering them help. Um, and that's where. Um, GPs often say that they have to the most impact, not necessarily that a person will right away stop, but they will maybe reduce um, the number, you know, the, the amount that they're using, or they might take longer breaks to make sure that they're not developing those health issues. Um, so that can potentially then be a tool to get them also back to the clinic where you can then keep having those conversations. Hey, but maybe you should get an overall picture of your health. I'm, you know, I'm looking at your physiological health. Maybe, you know, it would be good to do a, a mental health assessment just to make sure that we can treat you in a holistic way. So you've, you've informed the young man about the long-term risks yeah. of steroid use, and he remains heartily unconvinced because the short-term games look fantastic for him. Is there safer or less safe ways of using steroids for that young man that we can think about as well? I mean, if he is set on using them, is there any particular advice that you would give him to keep himself as safe as possible? 
Well, I think uh, the main thing is because um, we see this development with young men where, you know, it used to be um, the, when, you know, people were using these substances, it was really like, okay, you take it for eight to 12 weeks, you take a break, and then you might start using again. What we now see is that a lot of young men are using what is called a blast and cruise approach. So instead of stopping, they will use high amounts for certain for eight to 12 weeks. And then instead of stopping, they will just reduce the amount, but will keep using. And that's, of course, where, you know, the, the risk and side effects will develop are much higher in that way. So in that sense, you know, you could that is where you um, could say, OK, looking at research, we do know that people who use longer periods of time, who don't take breaks, who use multiple steroids, who use higher amounts, will develop more long-term um, side effects. So, you know, if you are considering using these substances on the long term, you might want to consider going back to a more, you know, traditional schedule where, you know, you would only use for eight to 12 weeks and maybe only one type of steroids instead of five, uh, you know, and that you do take these breaks. And that, you know, it doesn't avoid that you potentially can use side effects, but it reduces the risk that you will develop, um, you know, some of these health risks. And I think also, especially as we all know, with young men, it's really difficult to talk about long-term um, health effects because, you know, they're in the moment, they're gaining muscle. They don't care that this can potentially impact their heart. But I mean, there are things that you potentially um, can talk about, which I think is important that you potentially talk about side effects that will matter to them. So for example, um, development of severe acne, which can happen, which, you know, goes against that uh, aesthetic ideal. Um, and also, I think sometimes, uh, I was actually talking to a GP who recommended that that often hits home, is um, the risk of infertility and saying, well, oh, okay, if you're considering using this on the long term, there is a risk that once you stop using that your natural testosterone production won't start up again. There's a, therefore a risk that you uh, will become infertile and maybe you're not thinking about that now but you know if you later on want children that would then potentially be problematic so what you then can do is maybe store sperm at this moment that if that happens and you do want children then you have that you know that safety and that is something that might come hit home because it's like oh that's pretty you know serious i need to maybe consider you know storing sperm uh, to avoid that side effect um, so it's really important to think about side effects that um, would matter to them in, as opposed to saying well you know uh, steroids have been shown to you know um, increase certain cardiovascular risk you know but yeah, that's not something that probably are thinking about right now. One of the other questions our audience may have is that what's the cost of steroids and how do uh, young men obtain them? Well, yeah, I've done a lot of research on um, the supply of steroids um, in both Australia and um, in, the, in Europe as well. And there's a lot of what we know is that steroids are pretty easily um, uh, obtained. And you can obtain them via various routes. So what we still see is more often the classic route, you know, uh, that you get them via your training body or personal coach, you know, or you know, at least via the, the gym setting. Uh, the internet is increasingly becoming uh, a popular route to order these substances as well. Um, and what we also see uh, in Australia and in other countries as well is that uh, uh, some people will produce them themselves. Um, 
which are referred to as underground labs, um, because it actually is pretty easy to order raw materials and then turn them into like an injectable or an oral form. Um, so, you know, some will produce them themselves and then, of course, sell them off to other people. Mm. And actually, uh, what is really interesting um, in my research, so I looked at the Australian context as well, and we did see that um, in some cases, health professionals play a role as well. So they might prescribe these substances without necessarily there being a medical reason for it. Uh, so some people will, you know, be able to get it via their health professional. Um, and yeah, in terms of price, I mean, it really depends on the steroid, but um, they're not necessarily that extensive. Um, so it is, yeah, it, the availability is there for people to obtain them. So the takeaways that I've got so far are that it's an emerging area of research. We're just really commencing it, and thank you for the wonderful research you're doing in this area. Uh, while it's predominantly young men, it doesn't exclude young women, usually people who are fairly focused on body image, not always body image disordered, however, some of whom may start to be tempted to this and may consult, say, a school counsellor or a psychologist yeah. or well-being person about that decision. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, there are pros and cons. It's a cost-benefit analysis that needs to be made. In some ways, one of the things that maybe if they choose to go and seek these, that probably I would be wise to do a, uh, because many of these young people are focused on measurement anyway, they're basically yep. doing some key measures at the start and then perhaps after 12 weeks doing another set of measurements to basically see what's working and what's not with a GP or another professional might be advisable. Is that a fair summary of some of the things that we've covered? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and can I add to that um, a little bit? So I just wanted to quickly say in terms of um, the body image disorder, what we also need to be aware of is that, of course, um, that this group is a group that goes to the, the fitness school, you know, to the gym. So we also have to realize that of course people who go to the gym generally go to the gym to look better so this will be of course also people who will be more focused on their body image because otherwise they wouldn't be going you know doing sports and so on so that's really important so in that sense you know not to conflate those two that necessarily someone who's focused on the body doesn't necessarily have a body image disorder and in terms of the adverse uh, effects what i also want to highlight is of course you have the substances but then there is also uh, risks related to how you administer them. So, for example, if you inject uh, steroids, um, there's the risk of infections if you do it wrong. So sometimes, you know, uh, people may um, develop abscesses or something like that. Um, and also we see the risk of um, the of where you obtain uh, steroids. So I, for example, tested for the quality of steroids, of black market steroids. So I got around 45, uh, 43 products from people who use them, suppliers, authority figures, and I tested for the quality. And only in 16% did it have what it said on the label. So it was either underdosed or it was overdosed or it contained a completely different steroid. So, you know, that's also something to consider is that actually, 
you know, you never really know what you're going to get if you obtain it via the black market. So I think that's also something that you potentially can discuss with a young person as well, is that, you know, the quality of these products are very questionable. You know, do you want to take that risk by using these substances? And the consequence of overdose of steroid use? Well, I mean, you know, that's basically not, uh, non-existent. The thing is more that if you, if, if it's overdosed, you know, you're at higher risks of developing certain side effects. And I think especially that's where that small group of women, you know, if you're thinking that you're getting a small amount of steroids and all of a sudden you get triple the amount, that's where, you know, those side effects can more likely occur. So I think that's where it's important. And when, you know, when it's underdosed, you can simply say you're not getting what you paid for. <laughs> so, you know, economically, it's not sensible. <laughs> Thank you so much for really giving us a great overview of this area and how to basically understand enhancement drugs. So thank you, Patinka. It's been fantastic. And uh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Is there any particular resources you would like to direct our audience towards before we finish? Yeah, so uh, as I said uh, during the podcast, I would really recommend um, we developed an, uh, an enhancement, well, a steroid guide for GPs and other health professionals that is published, uh, published on the Sydney North Health Network websites. Uh, and that will actually have a lot of information that we discussed today. So in terms of background, you know, what kind of uh, types of pizza, uh, enhancement drugs are being used, how many people are using it, what their motivations are. It has an entire um, section on, the, uh, uh, on uh, assessment, you know, how to conduct an assessment, what kind of blood tests to run. Also, you know, both in, um, looking at uh, physical and mental health side effects. Then we have an entire section on management tips. So in terms, okay, what do you do when someone is thinking of using? What do you do if someone is using? What if someone is a young person and so on? So the guide is actually pretty comprehensive. Uh, and the guide is based on a very extensive literature review and actually consultations with around 20 uh, GPs and other health professionals who actually have experience treating this patient group. So I would really highly recommend um, that resource if people are seeing these clients in their, uh, their these patients in their clinic uh, and they don't really know what to do, that they have a look at this guide. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Vanderlyn. And Thank you uh, so much. we'll talk again. Yes, Thank we will. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you would like to follow up in further detail, please listen in to some of the other podcasts that we have made, which are available through the Generation Next website. There are also a series of books uh, from Generation Next in terms of nurturing young minds, uh, covering a series of issues to do with young people. And also in my own book, Tricky Behaviours and Your Best Life at Any Age, which are both available either on Amazon or through Bad Apple Press. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope to connect with you again soon. Thank you. The Mental Health and Wellbeing of Young People seminar has gone digital. This is a resource for anyone who supports young people. The eLearning Hub has all your favourite speakers from the Generation Next events and much more. There are hours and hours of courses to choose from. We know life's busy, so we made sure you can pause the courses at any stage and continue where you left off the next time you log in. You can also automatically download your certificates of participation and record your notes and ideas with the documentation tool and editable course books. If you would like to try it out, head to generationnext.com.au and sign up yourself and your whole team for the next free course. And please, share the resource far and wide.
Thank you for your support for Generation Next and all you do to support young people.